So I want to talk about the idea, the practice of giving and generosity, which is very important in Buddhism, uh, in the teachings. And um, I'm not sure why it's moved into my brain. It showed up last week sometime, and it's been percolating there, so I figured I'd, I'd talk about it. I, I think one of the reasons um, why it's, it was on my mind is I was reading this book called Braiding Sweetgrass. I'm not sure if you uh, anyone has heard of it or read it. It's really excellent. It's uh, written by a woman who is... She's both, uh, she's a botanist. She's, I, I'm sure she has her doctorate because she teaches uh, college-level graduate. She teaches graduate students, so she must have her, her doctorate in plants, botany. And she's also uh, a native um, and is, is very steeped in indigenous um, practices with cultivation of land and um so she has, this is a beautiful book, and each chapter is like an essay of her relationship and the teachings around um, this practice of reciprocity with the land. And there's one chapter called The Honorable Harvest, and it talks about how we don't take more than we need from the land, and that helps ensure the continuity of uh, of crops or you know trees or plants through the generations it's it's generations and generations of of practice of 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 being in uh, with the land and having it sustain you and you take care of the land the land takes care of you and so that's as I said it's this beautiful symbiotic relationship you never take the last of something so that there's always a chance for it to propagate some more. And um, which is so different from the way we live in our, our society, um, which is driven by more, bigger, better, this capitalist wealth building, gotta have it, gotta, gotta, gotta take it. And, and she talked about you know, that a little bit in this one chapter, The Honorable Harvest, where it's like people just kind of went in and swept up everything and they had stuff to last through the winter and then they, they swept up the rest the next summer and then they they eventually ran out and there was nothing left to turn to. And we're seeing this over and over and over again, the diminishing of our resources because we're not in this wise relationship with the earth or with each other. Um, and I think for me that ties in with giving, it ties in with generosity because as I said, generosity and giving are this huge teaching in Buddhism and um, Pema Chodron says that we have difficulties with this teaching because we are driven by this sense of inadequacy. It's, it's conditioned in us. We, we hear these messages of, from our families, from society at large that it's, it's never enough, you're not good enough, um, you're not the right X, Y, or Z, whatever it is, it's just not enough. And there's this sense of always having to do more, always having to do more, always having to do more. So that, that breeds this grasping, 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 and using up what we have. And there's this, um, this fear that there just won't be enough. And so we're constantly grasping. And, you know, um, there's 
fear of missing out, the, the ever-popular FOMO. There's the, I know my experience in my life is I may not want it, but you can't have it. Um, I did that with toys when I was a kid. I remember um, I had to give one of my, my playmates one of my toys because I broke one of hers or something. And I had this little toy box, and she went in and she pulled out something that I hadn't played with I don't know how long. I probably didn't even remember I had it. And she's like, I want that. And I'm like, no, you can't have it. I did that with relationships. I broke up with someone, and then they started dating someone else. And I'm like, no, come back. And it's like, I don't want to be with you. But it was it, it, it just permeated everything. This I want, I have to have, I have to have, I have to have. And... So there's this how we were raised, and both in our families and in our cultures. And I got a lot of messages as a kid that there's this fear from my mom that there's not going to be enough, and and will we will we make it through the next month? And so that kind of really painted my outlook on life. Plus the cultural stuff that you're not good enough, you're not going to match up, you're not going to you know get to what you need to be. And and even if you do achieve it, oh wait, you know what? There's something else. There's always one more thing. Um, there's just never enough. And so this invitation to step away from that, this invitation to move into a place of giving, a place of generosity, that's kind of really a radical shift. You know, but and the Buddha said this is incredibly important. Um it's not the, you know, generosity giving are not in the Eightfold Path as such. They're not part of the Four Noble Truths, but they are foundational. Bhikkhu Bodhi talks about uh, um, giving or generosity are not part of the path or teaching as such because they serve as a basis and a preparation which underlie and support the entire endeavor to, to free the mind. So generosity and giving are foundation. And they're, they're listed, um, generosity is listed in a lot of lists, like um, the paramis, one of my favorite lists of these, these ten qualities that are required for awakening. It's generosity. It's the first one on the list. And in fact, giving and generosity are taught before mindfulness. You have to get into this place of being willing to let go because when we talk about in mindfulness and practice and meditation, Letting go, letting go of the thoughts, letting go of, of our cravings, letting go of what we're holding on to. And generosity and giving is this willingness to release. And so this foundational aspect is really important. And I think this was Pema Chodron who said this. I'm not sure I have this quote, but I don't know where it came from. Maybe it was me. Um, I doubt it, though. Um, it says transformation begins when we give away what we think we can't. When we're willing to let go of what we think we can't let go of. That's when the transformation begins to happen. And so it starts even sometimes with thoughts, these cherished ideas we have about ourselves. It starts with... Um, you know, like that toy I had when I was a kid or whatever it is, it starts, I can't let this go because there's that fear underneath. What if, if this happens then, how will I be? And we get lost in the future instead of coming back to now. Um, 
the Buddha said, and this is um, this is in one of the suttas. If beings knew, as I know, the results of giving and sharing, they would not eat without having given, nor would the stain of selfishness overcome their minds. Even if it were their last bite, their last mouthful, they would not eat without having shared if there were someone to receive their gift. This willingness to be in community with others. They're willing. If you've ever traveled into, into other parts of the world or areas where people are just in this, this, this place of hospitality and generosity, it feels so good. And there's a freedom in this, this willingness to give because we're not living in this, it's never enough, I got to hold on to that. Because think of that. When you are in that place, the body is contracted, you're hunched over, the belly's, the belly's contracted, your fists are tight. But when you're in this place of openness and giving, there's space to breathe. There's an openness. There's a, there's a spaciousness. And we're not so caught up in these things of, I have to, I have to have this, I can't have that. Um, you know? And it's not just um, a giving of stuff or financial things. When we mention generosity, oftentimes people think of monetary gifts. But that's not, that's not necessarily what it is because not all of us have that capacity to offer you know, financial things. Um, there is a, 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 some writings, a medieval writings on the paramis, uh, those qualities I mentioned. And he talked about this, the guy who wrote it, uh, the person who wrote it, Akariya Dhammapala, said, whenever greed for a particular object becomes excessive due to its high value and beauty, its antiquity, or personal attachment, the bodhisattva recognizes the greed and quickly dispels it, seeks out some recipients, and gives it away. So as soon as you notice this attachment to something, the antidote to clinging is to let it go. Give it away. That's, that's a really high bar. But just the invitation to reflect on that is incredibly important. This willingness to let go, this willingness to give something that you cherish to someone else. To be in this this reciprocal arrangement with someone, to be in this, um, this connection, this community with another, another being. It's really important. And as I said, it's not just stuff that we give, but we ask the question sometimes, how can I help? You know, sometimes it's just listening to someone who's having a bad day. Sometimes it's picking someone up from the airport which can be a big deal. Um, that's a real act of generosity. It's, it can be anything. It can be something that you let go of that supports someone else. You know, how can you, you know, it, it, how can you benefit the other person? How can you benefit whatever it is? How can you be of service, of benefit? This invitation to give, this 
you know, as often generosity is often described as the antidote to clinging. And to cling is to suffer. It's the second noble truth. Our suffering, this extra level of suffering is, is because we want, the, we want what we want when we want it. And we don't want to let it go. We're afraid of losing what we have or not getting what we want. And that's how we operate in the world. And all our stories are different and all our lives look different and how we react to things are different. But a lot of times the, the root is the same. Fear of not getting what we ha want or losing what we have. That, that place of inadequacy, that place of lack, the place of not having enough. And if I let go, then what? And so we practice. The invitation is to practice. The invitation is to begin to let go of what you think you can't let go of. That's where the transformation happens. Um, you know? And give what you think you can't. This is like, you know, it's like they talk about if there's a person who has, if there's a billionaire who gives away a billion dollars, that's like, maybe pocket change to them. But somebody who has nothing but spends, you know, spends some time helping somebody else, that's a magnificent gift. That's a magnificent gift. When I was, when I was years and years and years and years ago, back in the 90s, early 90s, I used to volunteer with the AIDS walk every year here in Los Angeles. And I was always uh, part of the folks who took them the donations because you'd raise money for the walk and then you'd walk whatever it was. Um, I don't know how much it was. Anyway, and then um, uh, you'd raise money. Anyway, um, you've all done that, getting sponsors and stuff. So I remember one time there was this, a whole bunch of school kids. They must have been like middle school, seventh, eighth grade. And this, they came up and they had like bags of change and they had like 20 or 30 people who sponsored them and they had like five bucks in change. And that was, you know how hard that was. And then another year I was on like the high end table and this woman came up with this stack of checks and it was like $50,000 in checks. But she happened to be the assistant to a very high level Hollywood executive. And so I'm betting it was harder for that um, it was easier for her to raise that $50,000 than it was for those kids to raise, you know, five bucks. And so not judging either of those, but we can't compare. It's a personal act of what does this mean to us? What is this, how is this impacting us? It's, you know, when they talk about... Um, giving in the suttas, it says also one gives gifts to adorn and beautify the mind. Among these adornments are non-clinging, loving kindness, and concern for the well-being of others. That's what we're doing when we're giving. We have concern for the well-being of others. We don't do it with any idea of getting a return. I know someone who is, is very generous and, or helps people um, move and do things like that. He'll paint their house because he likes to paint. But then he'll sit back and go, okay, I did all these things for you. Where's mine? That's not, that's not the spirit of giving that's talked about here. That's not the spirit of giving that takes you towards liberation, which is what this is all about. 
this is about taking us towards freedom. This invitation to let go of what we think we can't let go of. This invitation to help. This invitation to be in community with others. And at some point when we understand the beauty of giving, the, the suttas say, Buddha says, we are delighted before we give, when we, when we think about what we're going to give, we're delighted as we're giving, and then we're delighted after we think about it. There's so much freedom in letting go and not hoarding. And I also want to say that this is not about giving so that you impact yourself uh, in a way that's not har that's harmful. Um, the Buddha is very clear that we we can make a living and we need to take care of ourselves, take care of our families, do what we need to do, and not just give things away willy nilly that will cause harm to us. I've known those folks too. They they made money and they gave it all away, and then they had nothing at the end of their lives, and it was that's not skillful. Because, you know, when it, the precepts say we don't intentionally take a life, we don't cause harm to all beings, that includes ourselves. We are all beings. So we take care of ourselves, but we have a heart that is open, that's willing to let go. And if we are in a place where we see something is really challenging... That's the practice. As I mentioned earlier, Ajahn Chah says, where you're stuck, where it's painful, where it's challenging, that's the practice. That's where the reflection is. And I've had to do a lot of work on willingness to let go because I had that deep conditioning from my family, had that deep conditioning from society about, not going to be enough. You're going to be screwed if you do anything. And to begin to loosen and release. There's so much freedom in that. And to share with others. You know, I thought, uh, if you know, who is it? I forget what I read something. Oh, I read a, a, a thing, a, a meme or something on Facebook. And it says... Something about equality for some people does equality for some people doesn't mean we're taking away equality or rights for some people doesn't mean we're taking away your rights and that there's less rights. It's not a pie, and so that's what this is sharing. It's not a pie. It's not a finite amount of stuff we can give. It's like the land, that relationship with the land. When we take care of it, it takes care of us. But we have to have this awareness of what we're doing, this awareness of giving, this awareness of being in a reciprocal relationship with the world. You know? We are, we're practicing for this willingness to let go, be free, and cultivate loving kindness, cultivate, you know, we practice for the benefit of all beings. This is a huge part of practicing for the benefit of all beings. So um, in, in um, the, the Buddha also talked about the, the practice of giving is a wonderful source of merit with long-term benefits. Um, 
and we don't talk about merit so much in in the West. It's it's much more common to talk about it in in um, traditional Buddhist uh, communities um, because it's a long term practice. Like supporting monasteries is is a great deal of merit. And so, however you greet merit, it's this this good that comes from giving, this good that comes from generosity. It's really such an important thing um, that I invite you to reflect for yourselves, you know, how can you help? Those are, that's such a, I think I got that question for Bert Canson. He was writing about it. How can I help? How can, you know, it's not monetary, it's not that, but how can I, what can I give? You know, what am I holding on to? And it's not that you're sitting here, but when you run up against that, that's when you start to reflect, oh, what's getting in the way of my willingness to let go? What's getting in the way? And oftentimes, for me, underneath it is that sense of fear, that sense of lack, that sense of, 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 of um, inadequacy. Not enough, not enough, not, I'm not enough, I'm not enough. There's not going to be enough to go around. And instead, trust, release, and, the, and, and experience the joy that comes from giving, whatever it is. So, I think I have um, reached the end of my words around this. So, <laughs> thank you, my friends. I hope this has been of some benefit. And now, um, any, any questions or thoughts, comments? Oh, please. A few weeks ago, I was thinking about um, patience um, and trust. And at the time, um, it occurred to me that those, it seemed to me that both of those were sort of forms of generosity. Not, not obviously not a thing, not even really a service, but, but something, there's still something I can give giving someone my willingness to, to be with them and to not rush things along, giving someone my willingness to believe them, to trust them, seems like a, seems like a gift of sorts. Yeah, not, not a big one, but, but a worthy one. Mm, that's beautiful, Craig. I think that's really great to get outside the box of this is what is generosity and to see all those other places where you're generous, being patient, letting someone in, law and, and, and in on the freeway ahead of you. That's a great act of generosity, especially in, especially in L.A. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.